Good morning there and welcome to our Sunday online service. Uh, if it's your first time joining us at ENSW Online, uh, a big welcome from me and I hope you really enjoy this morning. So it's been a very interesting time for all of us with lockdown. Um, for me, what's particularly um, interesting is, of course, when you go shopping. I find that I'm much more mindful of the things that I'm buying. And when I look at the different ingredients and things that we buy, it reminds me of some of the spiritual metaphors that the Bible uses to teach us powerful tr spiritual truths. For example, you have yeast or leaven, which is used in the Bible, uh, often with the Old Testament and the New Testament. And of course, leaven was always banned from the different uh, sacrifices in the Old Testament. And it shows, um, it's, it's kind of um, symbolic for uh, corruption and unbelief. So that's just a quick warning for any of you potential home brewers out there. Um, but on a serious note, um, this morning what we're going to be talking about is talking about salt, which is something that provides um, really an amazing element to any kind of cooking. Um, and any chef who is worth their salt will say that seasoning is a very important part of preparing any dish. Um, even in the Old Testament, uh, with every sacrifice, uh, the Israelites were commanded by God to include salt with all their sacrifices. And Jesus told his disciples that they are the salt of the earth. And when they lose that saltiness, uh, they, of course, would lose their purpose. And for us today, that's the encouragement, is to be spiritually salty. So if you've ever eaten anything particularly salty, you'll know that it makes you incredibly thirsty. And when our lives are spiritually salty, we, of course, develop a spiritual thirst in those around us. And that's what we're going to look at today, a, a story about spiritual thirst. Um, we are doing our third and final sermon in the series Gospel Fluency, which, of course, is about how to share the gospel message. So I'm going to be reading to us from uh, John chapter 4, verses 1 to 26, and you can follow with me on your screens. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and, and baptizing more disciples than John, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to the, sound, uh, to the ta a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour or noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drinker of water from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, 
everyone who drinks from, the water, from this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst again. The water that I will give him will, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to come to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So we see how Jesus uses this principle of being salty and talks to the woman about quenching a spiritual thirst. So from this story, Jesus gives us the example in sharing the good news. What he does first is he starts a conversation with this lady. He's very purposeful in talking to her. The scriptures say that he had to go through Samaria. Now we don't know whether God specifically told him to speak to this lady, or maybe the Samaritans were just on his heart and he was worried about their spiritual condition. But what he does is he goes through Samaria, something that Jews would not do in that day because they almost saw the Samaritans as unclean. And today, I think there's lots of conventions in our society where people say, you know, in your workplace or um, with certain groups of friends, or we shouldn't discuss religion or politics, that there are barriers to us sharing the good news. But Jesus understood that God's law for being a witness, uh, that God, his father, was governing him, was more important than the taboos or conventions of the day. So of course he was purposeful in making sure he spoke to the lady and breaking through these conventions. What we also see is that Jesus persisted. He spoke to her and the lady wasn't keen to speak but he continued speaking. He wasn't pushy but he was patient with the lady and persistent. And not every conversation where we share the good news or want to share the good news is going to be a one-time affair. Maybe it's going to be years of relationship but Jesus demonstrates this persistence uh, to be patient with the person and to be determined that we will share and take the person through the different points as we need to. What Jesus does next is through um, asking, what he does is he uses a spiritual metaphor to ask questions of the lady. Um, he uses the metaphor of living water to ask the lady if she would like something that could quench her thirst forever, but also give her eternal life. And of course, this is something that, that hits at the deep 
desire of a woman's soul. And I think every person has a desire to know where they're going when they die, to, to have that fear taken away, to have peace in their lives, to have purpose in their lives, and of course, to experience the love of God. What Jesus also questions in the, 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 the conversation, the questions that he asks, are about what the lady believes, and of course, how her belief system is working for her. Through him revealing uh, by the Holy Spirit some insights into her life, he, he explains to the lady that, of course, her religious system is not working because she knows religious things. But, of course, she is an expert of multiple broken relationships, probably struggling with promiscuity. And, of course, Jesus reveals this contradiction to her. After asking questions through that conversation, Jesus listens to the lady. He listens with interest and insight. Interest really valuing the person she is rather than what she can do or what she's done. Probably many people in the society had ostracized this lady or written her off as nothing. Jesus doesn't do that, but he really converses with her. And he listens to what she says with insight, looking to gain insight about what she believes and why. And he, Jesus also listens to the insight of the Holy Spirit, who of course reveals to him that this lady is struggling with relationships. After listening, Jesus tells the story to the lady. He tells the story of who he is, that he, of course, is the Messiah who can provide eternal life to her. But he also tells her the difference between a religious system that she holds that isn't working, trying to be good, versus the gospel, which is a matter of spirit and truth, and that through him, she can have these things. So there we have it. We could almost say the steps of Jesus' journey are an acronym, SALT. And this obviously brings us back to this, this theme of SALT. And we're told elsewhere in the scriptures that our conversation should be seasoned with SALT. So we want to be today, of course, good hearers of the word. And not only be hearers, but we want to be doers too. So how can we apply this in our lives? I want to challenge you that you will be a person who, who have, has conversation that is seasoned with salt, and even more so that you will be a, a person who is salty. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm asking this week and going forward that you will start conversations with people, that you will start conversations with people, maybe that God is highlighting a person to you, or maybe it's someone like a relative, a friend, or a neighbor that you are worried about their spiritual condition and that you will start engaging with them. Obviously with lockdown it's a bit tricky but I want to ask that you'll give them a phone call, set up an online video call with them where you start engaging with them. The next step in following Jesus' examples is to ask questions to them. Ask questions about how they're doing but from there we need to persevere and go a little bit deeper. Ask them how they're feeling at, the, at this point in time. What do they think about, you know, the deeper questions in life? Like, if they had to die today, what, where do they think they'd go? Or possibly, what do they think the meaning of their, their life is? And would they like to have a purpose to their life? Do they know that God loves them and would they like to experience that love? Or perhaps asking them whether they'd like a fresh start. There's many questions we can ask that will lead to them 
to the positive benefits of receiving the gospel. And more than that, we can ask them about their religious system. How is it working for them? What they believe and why? Often people develop certain beliefs through hurt and other situations in life. And it's good that we know these things. And then, of course, we listen for the Holy Spirit, who through prophetic words, words of encouragement and wisdom, can give us insight that will unlock people's hearts, as Jesus did with this lady. So as you ask questions, also listen to what the person is saying and what the Holy Spirit is saying to you about that person. And then finally, when you get the opportunity, as they are feeling valued by being listened to and asked questions, you get the chance to tell the story. Telling the story about how you have experienced the love of God, how God has given you a fresh start. Of course, how you now have a new purpose in God and that you can be sure of the place you go to when you die. And of course, then sharing with them that they can have the same thing in Jesus Christ. So that is the, the tea part of it, of the salt, is, is telling the story. And then finally, for us to be fully salty, we invite them. We invite them to have a relationship with God, asking if they'd like to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but also to join a community of believers, to join the body as God intended. Maybe someone's not ready to receive Jesus, but they can always be invited to a, a group community or possibly even to, to watch the Sunday service. And these are all things you can do to invite people to be a part of that community. I want to challenge you this week that let us be salty and let us, be, um, let us do what God has called us to do. One thing that's so important is not having a confidence in our ability to follow this process. It's just a guideline from scripture. But the main reason why people are going to come to know God is because God is drawing them. And that's what Jesus said. No one comes to me unless the Father draws him. And I want to say to you today that let us have confidence that God is drawing them. It's not our ability, but his ability to draw them. And maybe you are watching this, uh, this message today and you've never really truly let Jesus in to be your Lord and Savior and to follow him. And I want to encourage you today that you will ask God to forgive you of your sin and that you will ask him to be your Lord and Savior and that you can follow him. <music>